0: ball and no strikes. Aaron waiting. The outfield deep and straight away. Fastball is a high drive into deep left center field. Buckner goes back to the fence. It is gone. April 8th,
1: 1974. Dodgers versus Braves. Atlantic Fulton County Stadium, 1-0 count. You hear the call there from Vince Scully. Hank Aaron breaking Babe Ruth's record to become the all-time home run record leader. Uh, It's with a heavy heart that we say goodbye to Hank Aaron today, who passed peacefully in his sleep this morning here on January 22nd, 2021. It's been a rough 2021 so far for the Braves community, for Braves country, as we've not only just, as I said, Hank Aaron has passed away, but Don Sutton and Phil Necro have also passed away in the, in the coming weeks up to today. So it's with a heavy heart that I'd say we honor these men, especially Hank, and that's what we will do today. Um, we're going to listen to the rest of this call and a few interviews from Hank. And the main thing I wanted to touch on about Hank was not only his impact to baseball. Obviously, his records and everything he did, he is by far one of the all-time greats when it comes to baseball. And, yes, he wasn't the most flashy guy. Um, there were, he wasn't in a big market. Most of his career was in Milwaukee, and then he came down here to Atlanta, which, if you know anything about baseball, is still not a major market. Um, you got guys like Willie Mays playing at the same time, um, Mickey Mantle up in New York. So he he was a little underrated, but it wasn't until he got closer to the to this race and this race with Babe and trying to catch an all time legend, who was Babe Ruth, that he got his notoriety. And I just want to honor the man that he was off the field as well as on the field, because off the field, what Hank had to go through during his time during this this chase, um, it was the '70s and the '60s. He had to face rampant racism, especially down here in the deep South when the, when the Braves moved from Milwaukee to Atlanta in 66. So what he he was able to do with dignity and grace and to not be bitter was incredible. And then the way he handled Barry bonds and the steroid era, which has been said he didn't like it. Obviously who would, he did it the right way, but to handle what, Barry breaking his record, handling with grace and dignity and appreciation for what ba- uh, Barry was able to do and break his record. Um, it was incredible. Han- Henry Hank Aaron was an incredible man, and it is incredibly sad that we have lost him today. But we will honor him. We're going to listen to the, the rest of this call and an interview he did and we're just going to honor this man and his impact to the game today. We'll, we'll talk a little bit about football, and of course, because that's going on. Um, this is clearly, it's just me today. It's just groups. Um, Cam's got some personal things he's doing today and yesterday. So, it's just me. We're going to honor Hank, and we're going to talk some baseball today. So, let's listen Listen to the rest of this call. Um Yeah. Let's listen to Vince Scully. He says some incredible things during this call, and I'll I'll pause it and give my thoughts and remarks on what he says because there is one part in particular that kind of highlights what Hank had to go through and the importance of what he did in unifying the country, especially down here in the South. So let's give it a listen. (laughs)
0: For Atlanta and the state of Georgia, what a marvelous moment for the country and the world! A black man is getting a standing ovation in the deep south for breaking a record of an all time baseball idol.
1: Not only great for baseball, the city of Atlanta, the state of Georgia, for Hank Aaron himself, but for the country and the world because a black man broke a white man's home run record. He, this, it's hard to think now that that was the case back, but that was the reality back then. And that's not that long ago. You know, that's almost 50 years ago that it was unheard of that a black man could get an ova- a standing ovation in the Deep South. That right there kind of shows you how much of an impact Hank had at the time. How much influence he had. And it wasn't just the home runs, but he was a very, very big civil rights activist. And we'll listen to an interview when he, he talks about that. Um, but I just, I, I love what Vin Scully said right there. It's not only great for baseball, not only great for the state of Georgia, the city of Atlanta, but for the country and the world for a black man to get a standing ovation for breaking an all-time great's record. Let's continue.
0: And it is a great moment for all of us, and particularly for Henry Aaron, who was met at home plate, not only by every member of the Braves, but by his father and mother. He threw his arms around his father, and as he left the home plate area, his mother came running across the grass, Threw her arms around his neck, kissed him for
1: all she was worth. As a- way, to wait, way to share a moment with your friends and your family. I couldn't think of a better way to celebrate a record like that. Hugging my dad and my mom after breaking a record like that. And having the relief that you can only imagine how much pressure was taken off his shoulders after receiving numerous uh, death threats and letters of hate from just piece of shit people that just wanted to discount everything he did because of the color of his skin. Because they didn't know the great man that he was. They just saw him trying to break a white guy's record. It's incredible. It's incredibly stupid. But what, what a way to share an incredibly powerful moment for him with his family, with his dad and his, his mom, who probably had the weight of the world on their shoulders as well. So uh, let's continue.
0: Aaron circled the bases. The Dodgers on the infield shook his hand. And that was a memorable moment. Aaron is being mobbed by photographers He is holding his right hand high in the air. And for the first time in a long time, that poker face of Aaron shows the tremendous strain and relief of what it must have been like to live with for the past several months. It is over. At ten minutes after nine in Atlanta, Georgia, Henry Aaron has eclipsed the mark set by Babe Ruth. You could not, I guess, get two more opposite men. The Babe, big and garrulous and oh so sociable and oh so immense in all of his appetites. And then the quiet lad out of Mobile, Alabama. Slender and stayed slender throughout his career. Ruth, as he put on the poundage and the paunch, the Yankees put their ball players in pinstripe uniforms because it made Ruth look slimmer, but they didn't need pinstripe uniforms for Henry.
1: I'm not going to lie. I did not know that. That's actually quite hilarious because the babe was so fat that they had to start wearing pinstripes. That's actually fucking hilarious. Um, The one it's incredible for me Personally, because not only am I from Atlanta, live in Atlanta currently, live right at the Braves Stadium, massive Braves fan, but I also lived in Mobile and saw, you know, Hank Aaron Stadium, Hank Aaron Avenue, all that stuff. So seeing being in the two areas where he lived outside of Milwaukee is pretty, pretty cool to see him playing baseball in both areas you know the stories of hank and everything he did him in the negro leagues going up to to the indianapolis clowns i believe um leaving the mobile uh, train station not wanting to miss the train with two sandwiches in his pockets it's it's a it's a great story to hear um if you get the chance go listen to it but i did not know that about the babe um if If you've heard the stories, as Vince there said there, um the babe was a big, flashy guy, um very sociable um not uh just go read up on it. I'm not gonna try to talk about him too much. I wanna talk about Hank, but Hank, you know not very not very flashy, not very loud, just went up there, did his business, not only hit with power but hit with average. Like You could take away all his home runs and he'd still have over 3,000 hits. That's insane. He's the MLB RBI leader all-time with like 2,917, I want to say. He played in 25 All-Star games. He's second all-time in runs. Named the NL MVP in 1957 where he hit 44 home runs, 132 RBIs and hit for 322 ba- uh, average. He's the only baseball player to hit as many home runs as he did and not hit 50, 50 home runs in a season. Not one time in his career did he do that. His RBIs were actually 2,297. It's kind of off there. He's an ML, MLB all-time leader in total bases with 6,856. Third all-time in hits... 3,771 inducted to, into the Hall of Fame in 1982. Not unanimous because the MLB writers who, who vote into the Hall of Fame are just absolutely ridiculous. They still do it to this day, but you can, Willie Mays wasn't a, a unanimous guy. Um, neither was Ted Williams. Not many guys get in because there are writers out there who don't believe that you should get in unanimously. So they just purely do it out of spite. And back then, I'm not uh, even in the 80s. I'm sure there was the the baseball writers have always been older. So you can only imagine that some of them who voted against Hank were probably still had some hate in their heart and did it just because you know he was black. But still, what this guy did, all those stats I just read off, and you can't vote him in unanimously. For a guy that just did everything with grace and dignity and courage, you can't, you don't vote him in unanimously. It doesn't make any sense. Um, we'll talk about the steroid era here in a little bit more and how Hank handled that, and we'll keep going from there. But let's keep listening to the call, and we'll keep it moving.
0: Aaron, in the twilight of his career, he looked almost the same as he did when he first came up 20 years ago and so it was a memorable moment before the game and now what a sweet moment it is here in the middle of the game so henry and the babe the two greatest home run hitters that have ever lived and it's a marvelous wonderful enjoyable moment here in atlanta we're so happy too that it could be seen all over the united states that it will be duly reported all around the world and I'm sure films of it will be seen around the world, and you can hear Georgia around the world.
1: Up, one out.
0: is now at the microphone.
1: Pitch over the middle of the plate and just hammers it. All up by
0: saying, "I thank God it's all over with," <laughs> and I'm sure he has thanked God many times that he had to do it to get it all over with as he becomes the greatest home run hitter
1: in the history of baseball that's the whole call there what an impact what an incredible call by Vince scully in 1-0 count fastball probably in the mid 80s over up in his wheelhouse, just cranks it for Hundo at least because he had it right over the 385 sign. If you if you've ever seen the video or videos of Fulton County, you know there's a there's another wall behind the fence. Um, that wall is still up in the parking lot at Turner Field or Georgia State Field now. Um, I actually don't know. I haven't been down there in a while. It used to be though. So. That wall, he hits it pretty high up at least three-quarters of the way, so he got every bit of it, but it's in one-zero count. You couldn't ask for a better pitch as a baseball player. As a hitter from the right side, that's where you want it, up, right over the middle of the plate, so you can just drive it. What an incredible moment. What an incredible moment. So let's talk a little bit about my personal thoughts on Barry Bonds and. Who the true home run king is. Hank Aaron's a true home run king. And I'm not going to take anything away from Barry Bonds. But he did cheat. He did use steroids. It's hundred percent. The only reason I don't want to take anything away from him, you still have to be an incredible hitter, be disciplined, and have a great swing to be able to hit as many home runs as he did. That is hundred percent a fact. You still have to pick the right pitch, still barrel the ball up, and get a little lucky and hit the ball to the right part of the field. So I'm not, I don't want to discount what he did too much, but Hank Aaron is 100% the real home run king because he did it without steroids, without help. Yes, at the time, the game was different. It was, you know, guys weren't throwing as hard. But when you put it in perspective, Hank did it the right way. He didn't have to cheat. Barry had to take steroids to hit more home runs, to get stronger, to get the ball that extra 20 yards, you know, to hit it an extra 60 feet to where he could get it up over the fence. Barry wasn't a big guy. He was a skinnier guy when he came in the league. He, uh, he was a fast outfielder. He was a great outfielder for the Pirates. Um, but you can see his transformation. It just kind of came out of nowhere. when he, It was really when he was with the Giants that huge. And, I mean, Barry, like I said, I don't want to discount him too much because to be able to hit that many home runs is hard as fuck. It's so hard to do. It's hard to do anything in baseball as a hitter. You are in such a disadvantage, but still the thing about Hank is nobody know, or not nobody. Um, you guys might not know this, but a lot of people in baseball know this, but Hank coming up wanted a, wanted to be a switch hitter. And so they, and then they ended up making him stay a right-handed hitter. But if you know anything about baseball, you know the grip is your left hand. If you're a right-handed hitter, is your bottom hand. You can put your right hand on top, and that's how you hit. Hank, when he started, was cross-handed because he was used to being lefty. But he had more power from the right side, so that's why they stuck with him to the right. So at the beginning, he was cross-handed, so he had his... What should have been his bottom hand, his left hand, was on top, and his right hand was on bottom. It's just kind of weird feeling. Doing that, but he was still able to do the things that he did. Doing that, he eventually, you know, switched to bottom hand and top hand the correct way. But still, I mean, the guy he not only hit for power, but for average and RBIs and that total bases, everything that I just mentioned to you. And yes, Barry led probably the league has a league in walks because if you know anything near the end of his career, they just put him on base. They didn't want to pitch to the guy because they knew he was going to hit a home run. Um, it was a foregone collo- collo- uh, conclusion that he was probably going to hit a home run. They didn't really do that to Hank, I'm assuming. Um, I, I don't really know because I wasn't alive then. I was way not born. Way not born. But Hank still hit for average. Still hit had hits. I mean, like I said, you take away his home runs. Still got over 3,000 hits. He's third all-time in, in the MLB in hits. That's over guys like Jeter and stuff, which is pretty incredible. So I don't... I want to sit here and just say that he is 100% the home run king in my eyes. Um, I have one more interview I wanted to listen or have you guys listen along with me. It's from the AJC kind of honoring him and the way he wanted to be remembered, not just a baseball player. He wanted to be remembered for what he did off the field. So let's give that a listen. When I think about
2: my life and what I went through, I would like people to think more in terms of saying, well, you know, he was more than just a baseball player. You know, as my oldest daughter always said, you know, she always introduced me most times. She said, he was more than a baseball player. He was my dad and his man, you know. So I, I would think that, I would want people to look at me and say, you know, he made a contribution, not only to baseball, but he, he made a contribution to society. He made a contribution and gave other people an opportunity, you know. Uh, uh, if, if you look at all of the things that I guess in some ways that I accomplished. Forget about baseball, you know, all the records and all that, you know. And God knows I've heard these records time and time again, the home runs, runs bad, da-da-da-da-da-da. But you want to skip over that, you know, then you think about where are you now in life? If you'd asked me this question when I was in Mobile or even asked me this question 10 years ago, I would never thought that I would be somewhere my portrait would be hanging in some gallery like this. I would never think that what I accomplished in my lifetime—that I would be, have been able to meet people in my life that meant an awful lot to this country. Presidents, uh, I've met—you name them—and I've been—and and, we've traveled just about everywhere, you know. So. I just couldn't put it in perspective, but I would just say that my life, I would want people to think that I was bigger than bigger than just baseball, and that's not being boastful or trying to do anything. I just felt like, you know, I, I did it as Frank Sinatra said, and I did it the way I wanted to do it. you know: Did it
1: the way he wanted to do it? Grace, dignity, dignity, fuck that, Um, grace, dignity, courage, Hank Aaron, guys, more than baseball, incredible person, man, husband, father, off the field, incredible representative, representative of baseball and Braves organization, of the city of Milwaukee and the city of Atlanta and the city of Mobile a great civil rights activist who fought for the rights of all black men and women, children of this country who fought to have equality and to be able to deal with the hate that he received. He still has, or had, I should say, I'm sure he's, I'm sure they're still there um, in a box in his attic, all the hate letters and death threats that he received and to not be bitter from that and to still be the man that he was outside of that, and to not have hate for all of those people, um, is incredible. It's in, in, it, incredible. it says a lot about the man he was and the character that he had. Um, it's incredibly sad that he's gone. Um, as I mentioned, I am a diehard baseball fan diehard Braves fan at that and this kind of rocks the boat a little bit and as I mentioned at the beginning not only did he pass away today but we lost Phil Negro, the knuckleballer a couple weeks ago we lost Don Sutton earlier this week a famous baseball player and Braves uh, TV announcer he was a part of the broadcast team for a very long time so it's it's been a tough, tough week, couple weeks for the uh, Braves community, the Braves country, but we couldn't be more honored to have these men, especially a great man like Hank Aaron, represent what this city is and the impact that we've been able to make. Um, it's it's great. It's sad. But it's still good to be able to honor these kinds of people, especially what Hank did, um, breaking that record, bringing bringing something like that into the spotlight in the time that we were in as a country, as as people at the time, you know, especially down here in the deep south. It brought people together and that's what we need more of. Um, I know we talked about some of the stuff when the Flo- George Floyd stuff happened over the summer, last summer, but it's great moments like this where you realize we can be, we can come together and be unified and equal and honor great people and be better than having... The racism, the hate, and everything that was going on then and still is prevalent today, uh, it it just shows that it can be done, and that's what we need to strive to do and continue to do in our everyday lives, because that's all that I mean. That's all that matters. We we always need to strive to be better people, not have hate in our hearts, just because. Someone doesn't look like you doesn't mean you should hate them. It's incredibly stupid, incredibly ignorant to not even know a person and hate them. So, again, tip my hat to Hank and thank him for everything he did for the city, for the state, for the South, for the country and for what he did with baseball. Thank you, Hank Aaron. We honor you. and You will always be remembered here in Atlanta and in baseball as Hammer and Hank, number 44. Thank you, and rest easy. All right, guys. Let's talk a little football real quick. We'll keep this short and sweet. We'll talk about last week's games. And we'll talk a little bit about this week. Um, We'll start off with the Packers game. Knew that was going to happen. Aaron Rodgers goes out. He, to his credit, didn't put up the greatest stats or anything. But he was still efficient as he always is. Uh, You know, Lazard missed a, dropped an open touchdown, which could have been even bigger. But that seemed like a pretty dang good lock. Kind of, kind of knew that was going to happen. The Rams, the offense, man, they just got to work on it. They just, they did lose Brandon Staley to the uh, Chargers. He's now the head coach there. Um, a bunch of head coaching hires last week: Art, Artie Smith to the Falcons, and Terry Fontenot as the—I I think I said that right. I hope I did—as the GM there in Atlanta. Dan Campbell up to Detroit. Um, Brandon Staley to LA. I'm sure I'm missing another one, but if not. That's what that's all I can think of off the top of my head now but the Rams um just golf in that offense they got to get it figured out they have to get it figured out they can't just run the ball um, it's just so crazy how that offense has gone from is incredibly incredibly explosive a few years ago to just a run the ball ground and pound play defense kind of team now maybe that's what McVeigh kind of recognized and that's what they switched to but Um, I I knew Green Bay. They're rolling. They're going to keep rolling. Even with Bakhtiari out, that offensive line is still incredible. Aaron's not getting hit. It's an incredible matchup coming up this weekend with the Buccaneers, which we'll get to right after this Um, because of what happened last time when they played earlier in the season when Aaron was on his ass the entire game and threw a pick six. So I'm looking forward to that matchup speaking of the bucks bucks saints later that uh next night bucks win 30 to 20 not really a good game pretty sloppy um both guys didn't look breeze and brady didn't look good in the first half i just don't know i, I, I it drew's done he's retiring that was 100% a fact it sucks to go out that way but Not everybody gets that storybook ending. Not everybody can go out on top. More times than not, you don't. You don't get the Peyton Mannings and the John Elways. Those are one-off situations. Look at Dan Marino, for God's sake. He, you know, never won a Super Bowl. All-time great quarterback. Never won a Super Bowl, though. But Brady does Brady things. Uh, You know, what can you say more about Brady? That defense, they hit. They played incredible. Shutting down Kamara is hard to do. Michael Thomas didn't have a single catch, which you can guard, Mike. So it's going to be a good matchup between the Bucks and the and the Packers up in Lambeau. But give me, I'm going to lean, uh, I'm going to lean Green Bay. The line for both games is minus three, which usually means um, that it's a pick'em inside of the sportsbooks' eyes. Which they're giving the home field advantage to the home team, so they give them three points. I think they have adjusted that in the Corona times, with not fans, not many fans being there, but playing in Lambeau, it's still an advantage in my eyes. I think Aaron keeps rolling, finds some holes in that Buccaneer defense, and he in the pack, the pack covers. I really believe that. So. Can't wait for that one. Going to be incredible. Let's move on to the AFC. We're going to start with game one. Bill's Ravens. Holy shit, what a snoozer that was. My lord, was that a freaking snoozer? Bill's defense gets a pick six to get up. But Damn, what a snoozer. Baltimore needs to really think about what their offense needs to be. They need to get some more pieces around Lamar. Um, Their defense is still legit. You can't hate on that. They, sh- they were able to slow down the Bills, which Bills' offense has been very good. But the Bills, they even did some interesting things in that first half where they were not running the ball. Granted, they only had Devin Singletary because Zach Moss hurt his ankle the week before. But still, they didn't run the ball a single time in the first half, I believe. If not, yeah, they didn't hand the ball off a single time in the first half. The only rush they had was... Josh Allen scrambling out of the pocket because he was getting pass rushed. Then in the second half, they started running the ball, and they started moving the ball. So it's like, hey, guys, if you're going to play this kind of offense, you have to run the ball a little bit just to be able to set up play action. Pure, pure and simple, pure and simple. It's what Aaron Rodgers and Green Bay do. It's what Tampa Bay and the Bucks do. The hell, is what Kansas City fucking does, you know? But Baltimore has some issues on offense. They have got to figure out. They need more receivers. They need to figure out what kind of offense they want to run. I think they're lacking an identity right now. Um, They they got to figure out what they want to do with Lamar. Because for all he is, you have to be able to throw the ball. And he can. That's the thing is he can. You just have to put him in the right system to be able to do that. You can't be running this like... College offense. And I, I'm not saying that as a good thing, because usually college offenses, you look at Alabama's explosive shit. And you're not going to be able to be that way in the NFL unless you're Pat Mahomes and Andy Reid, which we'll get to in a sec. But still, you have got to figure out a system there. Get him some more receivers in there. Good God, he needs help. Because Gus Edwards, great running back. Great running back. J.K. Dobbins, Great running back. Even as a rookie, great running back. So you got that three-headed monster back there in the backfield, and you need more pieces outside of Hollywood Brown and Mark Andrews. You just got to figure it out, and you have to run a better system. So Greg Roman and and the Ravens and John Harbaugh have very much some soul-searching to do this offseason and how to better themselves, because that was a snoozer of a game. Good for the Bills, though. Good for Bills Mafia. Rooting for them all the way. I do like Kansas City. Um, I, I like Pat Mahomes. If he is going, I haven't heard um, this week if he has. He still was in protocol, concussion protocol on Wednesday. So we'll see. Some people are trying to say he pinched a nerve in his neck and it wasn't a concussion. So interested to see how that goes. If he plays, they will probably win. But I think this one, it's going to be a good game. Um, how about old Chad Henney coming in and getting the win against the Browns? Browns, incredible season, round of applause. You made it to the divisional round, had a chance, but you couldn't stop the Henney machine, baby. Chad fucking Henney, third and fourteen, scrambles to get the game ceiling first down. Incredible. Again, teams, don't punt. Stop punting when you are down in the fourth quarter with less than seven minutes left. Stop doing it. Stop fucking doing it because you are just shooting yourself in the foot. I mean, that's happened so many times this playoffs. The Browns did it too. Can't can't keep doing it. Can't win that way. But Chad Henning Man, good for him, comes in when Pat Mahomes, you know, uh Mac hits him the wrong way, and it was kind of an awkward hit. It wasn't dirty in any means, but it was just kind of an awkward way that he went down. I, I didn't really understand how he got a concussion, if it is truly a concussion or this pinched nerve that made him, you know, get up and wobble. But he definitely got up and wobbled a little bit because he he was, I think he was concussed 100%. So it would be shocking if he can't play this weekend. Um, Hopefully he does because I want it to be as fair as possible. And I'm sure Bills fans will want to beat Pat Mahomes, but they also just want to get to the Super Bowl, so they'll take it any way possible. Um, but I would love to see the Bills win. But I truly believe if Pat Mahomes plays, we're going to get Chiefs, Packers, Super Bowl, Mahomes, Rogers. That'll be awesome. But for pure storylines and all that stuff leading into the Super Bowl, Bills, Buccaneers, the Bills still having to get that monkey off their back their back called Brady. Oh, that would be incredible. It would be awesome to see that. So I I am just purely ready to sit down and watch these games. It's going to be great. Sunday, 3.05, we've got Bucks Green Bay at Green Bay. 6.40, we got Bills, Chiefs. In Kansas City. It's going to be a great Sunday. Championship Sunday is always awesome. Can't wait. And then we move on to Tampa. We could potentially get Tampa at Tampa in the Super Bowl. How wild would that be? And guess what? They won't be. If the Tampa Bay makes it, they're going to be the away team because they're the lowest seed. That's going to be hilarious. That will be hilarious because they'll be wearing white in their home stadium. If they make it, but. Purely, I believe they get in. I think, like I said, it's both minus three for both games. I'm taking Packers and Chiefs. That Chiefs one, I would say wait until game time, until you hear about Mahomes and whether he's going to go. But I would say hammer the Packers. Went three and one last week. Barely missed the over in that Saints uh, Bucks game, just because I couldn't get a field goal there at the end, which was very depressing. But is what it is. Three and one on the weekend. Pretty sure Cam went four and zero. So the picks were looking good last week. So, hey, if you want to keep rolling with me, roll with me. I'm sure Cam's got something this week. I can give him the post a story or tweet it out if that's what you guys would like. But, yeah, so that's all we're really going to talk about this week, guys. Got a pretty incredible song about Hank that we're going to go out with. But, again, this episode with a heavy heart. Rest easy, Hank Aaron. Don Sutton, Phil Necro. You all were great men, represented Atlanta and the Braves organization incredibly well. And we will continue to honor y'all's names, your numbers, and the, y'all's legacy. Remember what Hank said. Remember him for being more than baseball. Thank you, Hank, for everything you've done. And rest easy. So, guys. Thanks for listening. Um, I, I, I love doing these solo episodes. Sometimes they're great. It's just little vent sessions for me. Um, this one was fun getting to do the uh, videos and stuff and listening to that call from Vince Scully was great. And Sorry, Logan, but that was against your Dodgers. So, always love that. Braves have some good luck against the Dodgers in incredible moments like that, like Acuna hitting that grand slam. Too bad we just can't beat you. Too bad we can't beat you in the freaking series. So thanks, guys. Thanks for listening. Remember to subscribe, rate, review, be a friend. Tell tell your damn friends. Um, let's get this thing rolling again. Let's get up and let's keep it moving. Um, let's continue to grow. Let's get some guys on here. If we grow more, we can get guests to come on. We can get some of our MLB guys to come on. Hopefully, you know that would be awesome. But yeah, let's keep let's keep this thing rolling guys. Tell a friend, post stories, send in your questions. Send in your questions. If you have topics you want us to talk about, hammer them in. Send them to the uh, Instagram, please. BDE Radio on Instagram. Please do that. Then uh, if you want to do the BDE LDEs again, um come up with a topic, send them in. Send them in guys. Uh we're that's the one thing we wanted to do in 2021. Let's get more interaction with you guys. So let's make that happen. So let's go out with this song. It's pretty pure 1970s. It's, it's all about Hank. So let's give that a listen. And hey, you guys, have a great Friday. Have a great Saturday. Have a great weekend. We'll talk to you next week. Hopefully Cam will be back. If not, I will come back in. We'll do another solo, and we will keep it fucking rolling. So thanks, guys. This is BDE Radio. Rest easy, Hank. And Let's go.